Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jennifer. We've been married for 14 years. And we have five young children. We started blogging over 10 years ago, sharing our marriage story in hopes of encouraging other husbands and wives to draw closer to God and closer to each other. We have authored over 10 books together, including our newest book, Marriage After God, the book that inspired us to start this podcast. Marriage After God is a message to remind all of us that God designed marriage with a purpose. To reflect His love to be a light in this world, to work together as a team, using what he has given us, to build his kingdom. Our hope is to encourage you along your marriage journey as you boldly chase after God together. This is Marriage After God. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. We're Aaron and Jennifer Smith. Your hosts. We're excited to be here. Actually, I got to tell you guys, I'm going to tell on Aaron real quick. Oh, wait. Okay. This <laughs> we, is a good thing or a bad thing? It's totally good. Oh, okay. We were just praying before we started recording, as we always do, just that God would use us to encourage you guys listening. You just prayed that even though we don't have all the answers, you hope that this this episode today inspires and encourages our listeners to seek that truth, to understand it, and to go to Him for it. And so... I just got really encouraged just by hearing you pray that. And yeah. I wanted to share that because that truly is where our hearts are postured today. Uh, not that we are answering this question, are we living in the last days? Well, we kind of But to prompt <laughs> this stirring in you guys, if you're not already stirred, which I'm sure you are, uh, to search it out, to search scripture and to dig in a little deeper. Yeah, as we, we are. We literally spent, <laughs> we just spent like an hour almost just talking about all this stuff, not even necessarily about the episode. But just, just having fun with God's word. We were digging in and trying to, we were reading through scriptures and talking about the days we live in. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, on that note, we only have one more episode in this season. No. Yeah. Why'd um, you have to go there and say that? Yeah. It's well, there's this episode and then one more after this. Um, but that's okay. Cause you know, there's a season for everything. And so, um, we've been happy that everyone's been with us. Yeah. So, um, it's okay. <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> I was going to say, typically we, we do come back. So yeah, we always have that to look forward to. Yeah. So we just want you guys to be praying for us, pray for God's timing and wisdom. And we're going to be praying for the same thing. Um, and also, um, if you want to, um, reach out to us through Instagram and send us a message on t- possible topics for future episodes, we'd love that. 
All right. uh, Before we dive into today's topic, I wanted to share something encouraging with you guys that I had recently been uh, studying, and it wasn't by by my own doing. A friend of mine was sharing something that she was going through and how the Lord was kind of speaking to her through that hard situation that she was going through. And one of the words that he gave her to really kind of search out and look into was the word hope. And she stumbled across some some blog articles and and looked up the Hebrew meaning and like she was doing all this work, but it was like heart work. It was like, it was good. And then she started sharing it with me and I was like, what? This is amazing. And I love when God does that and he just kind of ties everything together for you. Uh, but and it's, you also like looking into Hebrew words. <laughs> I do. I, I know yeah. we've mentioned that before and I do, I do like that. I just feel like it gives a greater picture to these words that we've known our whole lives, but, you know, understanding them in a new light, it, actually in an old light because <laughs> mm-hmm. Hebrew language is old. But uh, the, the word that I wanted to share with you today also goes hand in hand with this topic that we're going to be sharing about. So I'll probably even mention it as we go on today. But this word hope that she uh, was kind of working through, well, hope means to cherish a desire with anticipation. So it's this, um, it's to eagerly wait for, okay? And the root word, well, the, the Hebrew word is kava, kava. There's actually multiple words in Hebrew for the word hope that de- define and describe different things. But uh, what I'm sharing with you today is kava. And the root word, Q-A-V, is the word it means cord okay so Mm. think of like that's interesting yeah like a rope so it means to collect or bind together um perhaps by twisting together you know so just think of a a cord or a rope um to be strong robust for the the notion of binding fast or tying fast um it reminds me of that scripture in ecclesiastes of a cord of three strands not easily broken oh yeah but that's but that's in reference to not walking alone. Mm-hmm. You actually, if you walk with someone, you have more hope for the future because if you fall, they're going to help you up. Yeah. Because that, that's kind of this idea, right? You're, you're, it's a strengthening. Yeah. And it's, what's so interesting that I love about this word. And it's also this, this feeling that my friend was experiencing in her turmoil and what she was going through is tension. And so if you think of this root word meaning cord or to collect or bind together as a rope, twisting together, mm. you get the tension of twisting that twisting it, yeah. it together that makes the strength hold or makes it strong. And so Aaron, just even what you just said about a cord of three strands is about relationship and not being alone mm-hmm. and how often we feel tension in our relationships. I just think I know, they're fl- good and yeah, hard from a fleshly <laughs> standpoint. Time. That was a really good uh, example. Um, okay. So this word, it is a verb and it just, it, it, it means to wait, to look forward to, to hope, to expect. Um, the Strong's, if you want to look that up, it's H6960. And here are some verses where this word kava is mentioned. Isaiah forty thirty one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And so there's this idea of, of hope and waiting upon the Lord mm-hmm. where that idea of tension comes in. And, uh, I just, I just really love it. Another one is Psalm 25, five, let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee. So I wait on the Lord. 
Genesis 49, 18 says, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Uh, that waited, that is hope. I have hoped for thy salvation. I, I've longed for it. Psalm 25, 5, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I have waited on thee. So all of these verses are showing this, this wait aspect of hope, mm-hmm. of kavah. It also shows, going back to relationship, just how in our relationship with the Lord, there is a a waiting on mm-hmm. him that, that there's this tension created, you know, between us and between what's happening. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I just thought that this word kava is so beautiful. You guys should look it up. It's, it's spelled Q-A-V-A-H and that's the Hebrew word for hope. And, uh, it literally, it means to bind together. Like I talked about, um, like the tension required to make that quarter rope figuratively. It mean it means to wait for, the literal provides the strength and faith to purposely wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's so powerful. And I, I think you guys will see how this word uh, will come into play later on as we talk about the episode. And it, it, it does perfectly fit. When you think about what hope is, it, it is a tension, that waiting. Waiting's hard. <laughs> well, and as believers, and you know, we're trying to answer this question, are we living in the last days? As, as believers, we have the word of God and we, ha- we, we know what is to come, even if we don't maybe clearly understand mm-hmm. everything that's written, you know, as prophecy in scripture, but we do hope for the end and to be with our Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's that tension that we're all feeling right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're here, not there. <laughs> hey, so we, before we move on, I just want to invite everyone, uh, cause it, lots of people have been doing this and it's such a huge blessing and it helps the episodes get, um, more visibility. Uh, if you haven't left a review yet or a star rating, would you do that today? I think it'd be awesome. We love it when you guys do that. Um, as we like to call you guys, you're our share warriors. So share a review, share uh, a star rating, and um, we'd really appreciate it. And one more thing before we move on. Um, we don't have, I mean, we have a free thing. You can always go to marriageprayerchallenge.com and sign up for that. Do it. Um, <laughs> but we wanted to share a resource with you. It's not free. You'd have to pay for it, but it's not for us. Um, it's We're speaking about end of days and end times prophecy and that kind of thing today. But there's this really well done. It's um, like a documentary yeah, style. It's a, uh, how what would you call it? Um, Movie. It's a movie, but a documentary, and it's, it's got some commentary in it. Yeah, and it and it's got a lot of pastors that we love to listen to in it, and uh, but it talks about the rapture. It talks about the coming of the Lord Jesus, and it talks about how it relates to a Galilean wedding, mm. and it's beautiful. Um, the The movie is called Before the Wrath, um, and if you go to marriageaftergod.com forward slash btw, just the letters. So marriageaftergod.com forward slash BTW, it automatically forwards you directly to the movie. And then if you want to, you can rent it on Amazon. Um, but we loved the movie. It was awesome. And if you want to go support it and you want to go check it out, super encouraging. All right. For the big question of the day. Okay. It's not just our question. The reason that we're even doing this episode is because I feel like lots of people, have lots of people ha- are having this question. And so not only is it something of personal interest to you and I, Aaron, something that mm-hmm. we like to dig into. And when we see an article or we read something in scripture that um, excites us or mm-hmm. makes us think we're living in the end times, we share it with one another. and We have that dialogue, which is really powerful to me. I, I appreciate it. Uh, but I have been seeing it a lot in other people's 
mm-hmm. social feeds or people talking about it. Yeah. It's, and it's not just a conversation among believers. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but there's something, something's, um, something's going on. Um, this, this topic used to be very normal for believers to talk about. Um, the early church had so many questions about it, actually, that Paul, Peter, John, Jesus all talked about it and, and made aware the, the prophecies about the end, end of the age, the end days, the end times, whatever you want to call it, um, because it was important to give them hope. That's often how it was referenced is like, I tell you these things to give you hope, share these things with each other because of hope. Like these are the things that the Bible says about it. So we'll start with um, some scripture. Um, and in the, in our Bible, uh, the, the headline says the coming of the Lord. And in your Bible, it'll probably say something very similar, but it's in first Thessalonians chapter four, verses 13 through 18. It says, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. There's that word hope right there. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. kava. This is actually in the Greek, so it's not going to be kava, but <laughs> it's hope. Um, and he's answering a question from the, thes- the, church, the church in Thessalonica. They had the same um, question? They, well, they had a question about um, death and resurrection. And like when, when a believer dies, how do we respond to that? Because th- that happens. Death happens. Mm-hmm. But listen how he, he like answers it. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed. And we about and grieve how others do who have no hope because we have hope. So we grieve differently for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so though Jesus through Jesus or through Jesus, <laughs> thank you. God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep for this. We declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with him, with the Lord. Therefore encourage one another with these words. This is often how the end times are referenced to believers is encourage each other with these words. These should give you this. These words should give you hope. So hearing that you're going to meet someone in the clouds one day is like not supposed to sound terrifying or anything like no. that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some people probably have a fear of heights. Uh, so maybe there's that. Me. But when it comes to the loss of loved ones who know the Lord, mm. we don't mourn the same way those that don't have hope. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we have hope. We're going to, they're with the Lord. They're in a better place. We still mourn, mm-hmm. but we don't mourn the same way. Um, and we have a hope. And I just love that he talks about this. He's like, that those that have died in Christ are going to be resurrected mm-hmm. to new life, to new bodies with the Lord. And, and what's awesome is they're going to be with him first. Be there, we're, we're, they'll be there before we are who are alive go. And so these are just encouraging words to start this episode off with is that the Lord is coming to take his church home, or as in other words, his bride to be with him forever. So why did we start with this verse? Because scripture says to encourage one another with these words, plain and simple. That's why we're doing it. And that's what this episode's about, is to encourage you and encourage us um, about the days we live in. Although these are not the only verses about the last days, um, it is about them. Um, And it's an encouraging thing to look forward to for the believer. We have something greater to look forward to than just what we have in front of us. A hope that is beyond this present age and life that we have. 
Yeah. Um, Ephesians puts it this way. It says that we have an inheritance that's imperishable mm-hmm. waiting for us, um, that we have light to look mm-hmm. forward to, that we have a new body to look forward to, that we have a kingdom to look forward to, that we have all sorts of things to mm-hmm. look forward to that is greater than this present life. Paul even said that I don't count it worthy to compare my current sufferings to the coming glory. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, okay, yeah, these things that I'm suffering in my body right now, they're, they're painful, but they're nothing to be compared with what mm-hmm. I'm, what's coming to me when the Lord returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to mention that, um, I mean, a lot was talked about in those scriptures that you read. And I think for a lot of people, we can try and read these words and, and have this picture in our minds of what it means and yeah, what, how what, is that going to play yeah, out? What, yeah. yeah. How it's going to play out. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the and, movies about it. <laughs> I know. So yeah. just so you guys know, when we talk about the end of days, even if we're not super clear, and when I say we, I'm not talking about Aaron and I or even you listening, but like collectively as a whole believers, uh, if we're not always agree agreeable in how it will play out, it is supposed to be an encouraging thing to do, to mm-hmm. encourage one another with these words. So I think for the sake of this episode and just um, being willing to share all this with you guys, just know that, again, our heart posture is not that we have all the right answers or that what we believe is it. We want to inspire you guys to dig in for yourself and ask God, who mm-hmm. in James says, ask for wisdom and, he will give and ask him yeah, to reveal these things to you. And as a married couple, to be able to talk about them and and um, and be encouraged with these words, I just find so valuable. Mm-hmm. And some of the details we're not going to know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. But what we can know is what it does say. Mm-hmm. That it says we're not going to proceed those that died first, mm-hmm. that we're going to be taken to be with the Lord forever, that it brings us hope. Mm-hmm. Like these things we can rest and be rest assured in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the Lord is coming. Whatever that looks like, we know the Lord is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, we probably couldn't even describe it because it's never happened before the way it's going to happen. Um, okay. So, um, as you kind of introed that Aaron, you talked about how, um, you know, Jesus and, and Peter, they all talked about the end times mm-hmm. and end times prophecy. Um, and it was recorded in the new Testament, all of that information that we have, but prophecy didn't start there. It started in the Old Testament, mm. and the two are so intricately <laughs> yeah, woven. woven together, which I love the Old Testament. Uh, so God used prophets to share his message, especially about Jesus coming the first time. Mm-hmm. So prophecy is not a new phenomenon. It's not something that's all of a sudden like... It's not exclusive to the New Testament. Yeah. 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 It's a gi- it's, it's been a gift to God's people throughout the ages, and I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and just thinking about that gift that you mentioning as a gift from God, it's what's awesome about it is God understanding that we're finite mm-hmm. and him still speaking to us about things that are coming, mm-hmm. like about himself, about, and it's all about him. Mm-hmm. It's about his son. It's about his kingdom. It's about his rule. It's about his reign. Mm-hmm. It's how he's going to save. It's about how he's going to pour out. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's why it's hopeful mm-hmm. because it, if he says it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I was joking with you the other day, but I said, maybe it's not written super clear and that there are these, all these other opinions because 
then the enemy would know exactly how it's all going to unfold and maybe he's still just as confused as we are. I don't know. He still loses. <laughs> regardless. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Okay. But he, I think we can know en- enough and, and that's what we get to know. We mm-hmm. get to know enough mm-hmm. because whether we know all the details or not, that's not required for our salvation. That's not required for knowing God. Mm-hmm. And we can still know a lot. And we can grow and learn in that knowledge. And I think as we get closer to the day, I think more and more things are going to make sense because we're going to see them play out before our eyes. Plus, this episode is going to encourage everyone to dig in a little deeper. And yeah. all that fresh scripture in your mind is going to make you see. Okay. Open the Bible. <laughs> uh, we, t- we do love pastors and people who are willing to share about Bible prophecy uh, because I think it's important, we think it's important that believers are reminded that this world that we're living in is not our home. It's a very short season of our life and uh, and it's temporary. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about temporary, these are the kinds of the uh, terms the Bible uses when it comes to believers. Ambassadors, right? And an ambassador is a temporary uh, position messenger yeah. of a of another country, mm-hmm. like so that ambassador is in a country that's not their own, mm-hmm. as a messenger from their own country. Mm-hmm. Um, another word it uses is exiles. Uh, another word Paul says he calls his body a tent. Mm-hmm. A tent is a super do- temporary dwelling place. Mm-hmm. It's not something you live in permanently. Mm-hmm. Even God experienced the tabernacle and the temple, and they were temporary. Those were temporary yeah. places. Uh, so all of these words are, uh, Ecclesiastes says that our life is but a breath, mm-hmm. a mist, a vapor. It sure feels that way when I look at my kids growing up. I'm just like, how is that possible that this is flying by this fast? Yeah, so this life is, is the, the definition of life is temporary because mm-hmm. we all, we die. <laughs> like, right, that's how life goes. We can see it it's all fleeting. around us. It's fleeting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all te- temporary things that denote that we're, that where we're from is not here. We're from somewhere else, um, and this is not our permanent home. And Which, again, goes back to that hope that we have, that what we have is eternal, mm-hmm. not temporary. Yeah, that's why we're to build our treasure in heaven and not on earth. Uh, it, like w- The way the Bible communicates to us, it doesn't. It, the whole world doesn't communicate that way. The rest of the world thinks, Oh, I got to build my kingdom here now. This is the best I'm going to have. I got to get more. I got to do this. I got to make sure that I'm known. I got to make sure that I'm set up. I got to make sure that. Mm. And not that pursuing some of those things isn't good for a believer, but that is not, we we know that doesn't matter what we pursue here. It's temporary. Mm -hmm. And so we don't put our trust in all those things at all, actually, because we know that they are fleeting. Another thing that, uh, you know, Bible prophecy and scripture reminds us is that God's not done. You know, he's, he's, oh, that's, he's, that's really good. He's yeah. working in all of us and he's so patient because he, he, his desire is that none would perish. And so he's doing his work. He's unfolding all of this before us. He's given us the word and to his know spirit. and his spirit to be comforted by that. And so we can have hope. We can have kava for mm-hmm. what is to come. Well, and I, I just want to reiterate what you brought up with that word kava. Uh, that while we're here, that that is the tension we're in. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this, we'll talk more about that, but we're here, but we're not from here. Yeah, We're living, but we're living sacrifices. We're, you know, we're walking, but we're, we're looking up. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a tension of, 
like Paul said, he's like, to die is gain and to live is Christ. Mm-hmm. For I don't know what's better, to be with the Lord or to be here with you and it, and to profit you. Like he had this, ten, that's exactly where we're at as mm-hmm. believers is we're in the middle of eternity and temporary, mm-hmm. <laughs> like waiting. So we may not all agree uh, exactly how um, Bible end times prophecy is to be interpreted, but we can bo- we can all agree that the Lord is coming, that we are His bride, that we will be with Him in eternity, and these are things that should bring us hope. And I just want to add that even though we may not all understand perfectly how it's all going to unfold, we should at least know it and we should be willing to discuss it Mm -hmm. right especially with each other and joyfully without quarreling Uh, but to talk about the things that we can know to have our eyes open so that's good stuff that we should be pursuing as a as as christians so as we dive into this topic today something that i the word that i um that comes to my mind when i think about bible prophecy and especially our relationship aaron as a married couple is just exploration that exploration and learning of of well what does god say and how does this line up with what's going on in current culture and what's what's happening and i think that that discovery and paying attention to is something that's really positive yeah you know well especially when when the heart is to discover Mm -hmm. the truth Mm -hmm. Um, not to land and say this is what i'm gonna believe and i don't care what i find out but like to read scripture and to dig in Mm um and what what one thing that we need to remember is that believing that what we believe about the end of the age is not the same thing as believing before the end of the age. And Hold I, on. Just, I think I just heard a mic drop. Say uh, it again. Say it again. <laughs> well, it, it it's good to, b- to figure out what we believe about. Um, is it eschatology mm-hmm. end times p- prophecy study, study yeah. of end times? Um, it's important to figure that out, mm-hmm. but it's not as important as believing before the end of the age mm. that we it's a, the Bible says today is the day of salvation mm-hmm. today, not then when you see it all unfolding and you, then you realize what it is like we're, we are to have our eyes on the Lord mm-hmm. and be waiting and looking for and longing for and walking before our Lord right now today. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing God and looking for his, the signs of his coming is something that we get to joyfully do. So good. Because we look forward to it. That's so good. Uh, another thing that I wanted to encourage you guys with is that, you know, when it comes to Bible prophecy, I mentioned earlier that the New Testament wasn't, it wasn't a new thing to the New Testament. It, it goes back. It's what God did. It, it's what he did. It's <laughs> he, what he does. What he does yeah. uh, and so an encouragement to you is not to solely focus on end times prophecy, but to actually go back and revisit fulfilled prophecy because that will affirm you in what, or we, it'll affirm all of us in what we believe as Christians. Yeah, the fact that Jesus himself fulfilled hundreds of prophecies from the Old Testament in his own life and death and resurrection, things that he couldn't have individually, personally controlled. Mm -hmm. I mean, although he's God, just in his life, things that unfolded, he fulfilled prophecy after prophecy after prophecy about himself. Yeah. Um, and so prophecy proves God to be true and God is true. We were just reading (laughs) Isaiah 53 and we were reading about how, uh, you know, it's talking about Jesus, but it's, 
written in the past tense as if it had already happened, but it hadn't happened yet. And I looked at Aaron, I'm like, why are they writing it like that? Why are they writing it like that? It's so fascinating to me. Um, but Aaron, we're going to move on here. What, one thing that I wanted to share as a question for everyone listening, and maybe you can try and answer this. Uh, I'm, I mentioned earlier that, um, people are going to have differing opinions, but how much we love pastors Mm. and people who talk about it. So should we follow or listen to pastors or others who post about what specific things that they believe about the end times? Like how do we gain our knowledge? From I, I think others? so. Uh, that's a good question. And I think it's, it, it's a yes and a, and a, Hang and tight. a be careful, <laughs> be careful. Yeah. Like uh, we should be careful who we're listening to. We should be careful who we're getting our information from. Um, but I, I mean, we like to listen to other varying opinions and ideas yeah. on what these mean. Cause it helps us to understand the Bible better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, we can have a difficult time discerning truth maybe. Um, so we can listen with each other. We can ask questions. We can listen to something and be like, Hey, what'd you think of this? This didn't sit well. Um, but what is the practical to that? Yeah. Like how do you discern the truth from what someone's saying and not just take that, run with it, regurgitate it? Well, I, I think an, an, an easy one that, that a lot of Christians even know that there's certain specific things. If someone's like claiming to know like the day of yeah. the Lord, that that's, should be a red flag. It just should be. Keep a close eye on that one. Yeah. So I would be like, usually I'm like, okay. Because here's the deal. Everyone I've ever seen do that has been wrong. Mm. And they all keep doing it. I don't know you why also, they keep doing it. You, something encouraging in our relationship is you've always uh, shared with me when it comes to scripture that scripture is universal. So what is for some person over here in North America is the same for Africa, same Alaska, for Asia. Yep. Right? And so... Um, I was using continents and you threw in Alaska like that. Oh, so no, it's good. Uh, Alaska's the size of Everybody's country. important here. Uh, <laughs> but you, you say that God's truth, it, it, it's universal. And so, mm. I mean, would God just give one person or maybe a handful of people a specific date like that? Well, he has in the past. I don't, I would say I haven't seen him do it in the current okay. time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, of course, he spoke through Elijah and Ezekiel and Daniel and right. uh, Hosea, and he, he spoke through all of these prophets in the past, but I haven't seen him do right. it in the, in the yeah, current yeah. time frame. Okay, so, so practically, what does testing the word of... Right. First John tells us to test every spirit. So the, the Christian should not just listen to anyone and not test it. Paul commended the Bereans mm. for testing what he said. Okay. So those and that's lis- Paul. <laughs> so those listening to us today should test what we're saying. Do your own research and line up what we say with scripture. Yeah, you should never say, well, Aaron and Jennifer said <laughs> you should go yourself because we could be wrong. Like we're people. We're yeah. not I'm not saying thus says the Lord. Everything I'm saying right now is from God perfectly. That's not how it works. We're trying to to convey to the best of our ability as we walk in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What we believe scriptures say, mm-hmm. not what we say. Yeah. I would love if I could paint a picture for how I view this podcast and what Aaron and I do. It's, it's a, we, we built a diving board and you guys are walking down to the end of it along with us. And then as soon as this episode's over, like you're gone, you're launched, you're, you're diving in deep. That's what I think. I don't yeah. know. And, and, and our heart is that you do dig in. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why in, in a lot of our books, we don't actually put the scripture reference, the scriptures themselves in the books. We just put the reference. Sorry. We just want you to dig it. Because we want you to go read the Bible. 
we don't want to show say well this is what it says and just you trust us like this is and what if we took it out of context what if we want you to go read yeah and open the word for yourself and let the holy spirit teach you what it's saying mm-hmm. and you desire it so Which people have appreciated that about our books too for, for yeah, sure. john tells believers like test every spirit like we're, we're to test. So if we're, if we, I think it's good to follow people that talk about end times and talk about prophecy and talk about what the, that they're seeing happen in the world and how it applies, how it fits into the word of God and say, Oh, that's interesting. And then go look up in scripture where it talks about that and read it. Mm-hmm. Try and read it plainly. Right. Like what is it plainly saying? Yeah. And then ask the Holy spirit, what are you, what are you saying on, on a deeper level? And how is, how does this apply to today? Does it apply to today? Yeah. Like, and, and, and search it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you, you can search it out yourself. You don't need someone else to tell you the answers. Mm -hmm. It's good to listen to other believers. It's good to walk with other believers. It's good to follow teachers that are rightly dividing the word of God. Or podcasters who are trying. And we should do those things, but we ourselves are capable. We have the Holy Spirit. We can open up the word of God and say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Mm. Teach me. We absolutely need to be doing that. Another scripture that I want to share with you guys is 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21. And it says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. So let go quickly of the things that are not good. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So um, if... And I like that real quick. I I like that it says, do not despise prophecies because people do try and share about end times prophecies. And I see so much like shut down or rejection of like, yeah, they've been saying that since, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's despising what the word of God tells us about the end time is Mm -hmm. drawing near. So anyways, we need to test everything and only hold fast to that, Mm -hmm. which is good. Okay. Is there anything else? I cut you off at one point. No, that's it. So I think it's good to to listen and to, to follow. Be careful who we follow. And if you hear someone that is consistently saying things that are off Mm -hmm. of scripture out of context, um, then I would probably not follow that person. (laughs) Also, how does their life line up in other ways that you do know is very clear written, writtenly, you know, in scripture? That's a good point. What fruit do they have in their life? Yeah, if they have bad fruit in other areas, you probably should be careful of that prophetic fruit. (laughs) Which I know is hard if you're just following someone on social media or YouTube, but you probably could still gather some intel. Okay. Um, Is it good or necessary to keep watch on what's happening in the world today in light of this topic? I would say yes, because it's, it, it shouldn't be something that consumes our life that we're constantly like looking and like wanting to go hide and like, oh, we got to. I was going to say when we're being stirred to anxiety, that's probably yeah, that's not healthy. Not, but we're told to, to look and to be aware and to know and to be watchful and prepared. Those are, those are things that a Christian does. That's the state of the Christian life is that we're watchful, mm-hmm. that we're prepared, that we're ready. I have this, um, this just popped into my mind because we went to the Oregon coast and they have these tsunami signs um, every so often going down the coast. Yeah, they don't ever make you feel good. No, <laughs> but but they also have this big warning siren thing that goes off if there was one. So I I don't think people would despise that siren warning if a tsunami was coming. No, they'd be like, oh, awesome. I think they would appreciate it and then, you yeah. know, run. And I think the Bible Although we may not know the details of how things will perfectly play out, we do know the things to look for. Yeah. The Bible does share the things to, to look out for. But then it says, but have hope. And trust in the Lord. Yeah, and to <laughs> trust in the Lord. So yes, I think keeping watch, having our eyes open, 
I think specifically for, for us, and I kind of mentioned this already though, we, um, we're not like glued to a television or glued to the news online, but when we do come across an article that we feel like, Hey, let's keep an eye on this. Oh, this sounds like Bible prophecy. We'll send it to each other. We'll yeah. Instagram message. We'll, you know, text. a headline will pop up and be like, Hey, that's interesting. And I'll yeah. send it to my wife and, and sometimes, say, what do you think of this? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we talk about it and sometimes we don't because we just know that our eyes are on it. And that's a, been a really fun and great way for us to connect on this mm. topic of Bible prophecy. So I just want to encourage those listening when it comes to your spouse being thoughtful that, you know, of, of that mm -hmm. conversation. And I'll say this specifically on like, cause we're talking about like end times prophecy and then prophecy in general, but like mainly end times, like the, the, the end of days, which is a helpful thing for the believer, um, but a dreadful thing for those who do not believe. It's both. And the reason it's hopeful, you guys, because the Bible does talk about a lot of difficult things that are coming toward the end. Our hope is hope because we're going to meet our Savior and be with Him for eternity. And that is a beautiful thing. I And that trumps everything that could be coming. I was just um, sharing this with some friends, but when when I thought about um, the tension of how people must have felt when Jesus was riding in on the donkey. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and the tension of God knowing that his son was going to be crushed to save the world. Okay. That whole, that time period right before mm -hmm. his death, that's an incredible time to be alive, to have been alive and, and experience. Okay. We're but in, he missed it. Right. And I just feel like we could possibly be in one of those places in the timeline of history. And regardless of how far or close it is, we are, we're in that waiting period where God knows when Christ is going to do something miraculous and be with his bride. And I cannot wait. Can I just say this? I, <clears throat> I'm just going to answer the question. I believe we're in the last days. Okay. Aaron, <laughs> okay. thanks for living in the last um, days. Line it up with scripture. Well, you were talking about <laughs> tension and this is how I feel. This is what I feel like is happening. The rubber band's getting pulled and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter <laughs> until it just snaps. That's what I feel like. We're like at that, that last section. That's my personal feeling on all of this. But that again, I was, what I was bringing about going back and forth with the, the end times prophecy stuff and looking out for it and, and seeing article headlines and, and sending to each other is okay. it's exciting. Yeah. Like I sent it to him like, Hey, like, what can we do to get the message out more to people? How can we share the gospel more? How can we, t you know, get our kids excited about seeing the Lord one day? Sometimes it's just a text that says crazy exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's something that is encouraging yeah. to us. It doesn't mm -hmm. raise anxiety. It doesn't, uh, it, um, I mean, some sometimes, things, sometimes, sometimes there's things that are like, what is going yeah. on? What? So, you know, then we pray, mm -hmm. it brings us to prayer and we're like, Oh, peace. we yeah. got to pray and ask for God's peace. So I, I, an example of this, you know, because we like when we see something happening in the world and how we test it, we say, well, does the does scripture even talk about this? And so when we see those things, it affirms us in our faith. Mm -hmm. It gets us excited about the Lord's return and it makes us consider what the word says. So here's an example of something that's happened recently um, in our life that matches up with scripture. So that in Matthew 24, Jesus 
shares with his disciples about his coming. Okay. And it's in verse 37 through 39. It says, for as as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the son of man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. So Jesus tells him like, hey, one of the signs, one of the the ways of knowing the season that I'm going to return is it'll be like it was when the flood came in the days of Noah. So not only are we living in a day that looks more and more like the days of Noah with evil and wickedness just prevailing everywhere. And yet people just eating and drinking and marrying and going on. Yeah, life just is moving forward. It's so wicked. There's so much stuff going on in the world. Like like so much. And it's just we're moving forward. But also we have two, not one, two literal literal life-size Noah's arcs. (laughs) (laughs) I know this sounds silly, but I'm pretty sure this is the only time in history since the original Noah's Ark that there's been Noah's arcs. Think about that. It's pretty interesting. We got to go to the one in Kentucky um, that... We went to it twice. Ken Ham built. Yeah, and it's It's, awesome. It's pretty fascinating, you guys. Like when you stand in front of this thing, you realize, oh my goodness, this is massive. Mm -hmm. It's like the biggest thing I've ever seen. And I think to kids, because our kids were like in awe and wonder, it's got to be even more so, you know, just amazing. But but there's not just one, there's two. This Christian boat builder in uh, the Netherlands made one and it actually floats. He planned on floating it to Israel. Wow. And he's using it to, share the gospel with people hmm. two arcs so when Je- when jesus said as it were in the days of noah like up until the last 20 years when these arcs before these arcs are built people would have only thought like oh yeah it's gonna be wicked and then there's gonna be people giving marriage and that no one would be thinking about it but we also have the arcs like that that <laughs> blows my mind i don't think people were um, expecting that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> So we, it's just crazy that we're like, we're literally living in the days. That, yeah, like can it, you take the Bible literal? Yes. <laughs> we have Noah's arcs. I don't know. I, we, I mean, we have them. So it's crazy. Um, another, another fun um, and major prophetic end days news is, um, I don't know how many people know this, but there's actual building plans. Like they're ready to go. For the third temple. And you hear way more conversation in the news about a desire to build openly and publicly uh, moving forward, moving trying forward to pass legislation, it. trying to make sure, trying to figure out how, where to put yeah. it, how to do it. Like this third have, temple thing is a legit real th- It's not just a one day. It is happening. They even have like the, um, the menorah and it's a huge golden menorah. You can go to Israel right now and go look at it and other things ready for the, the high priests and they're training people to do that. Um, they're raising the red heifer for the purification sacrifice. So they're up to a lot over there. So these are real things. So th- think about this. So when Jesus talks about um, uh, the, the abomination that causes desolation going into the temple, he says that in Matthew 24, right after saying that the temple that exists, that the one that they're standing in front of in Israel is going to be destroyed. Which was destroyed. Which was destroyed. After his death. In 70 AD. So for 2,000 years, there's been no temple. And there had there actually was no Jerusalem 
like the city was there in ruins, but not, not no like people was, yeah. like controlling it. The Jews did not control it until 1948. What happened in 1948? Jerusalem, the, the UN <laughs> unanimously voted to make Jerusalem a, a state, to make it a country. So in Matthew 24, uh, it talks about the fig tree prophecy, and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people um, tie in that 1948 and Israel becoming a nation again. Mm-hmm. And that generation with that not symbolism, passing away. Yeah, with that symbol- symbolism of Israel becoming a nation. So that's that tie-in right there. But there can be no third temple if there is no Jerusalem. There can be no Jerusalem if there is no Israel. But right now... And this is something that, who brought I, this up? I don't know, but we've shared it before where this is like a really exciting time where uh, the nation of Israel and the church. The Christian church. Exists in the same time of history. Yeah, because back when Jesus, before Jesus died, Israel was a nation. And then he died, resurrected, sent his Holy Spirit, and the church began and Israel but, was dispersed and the city was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> Essentially within 35 years. So now... 2,000 years later, we're at, we're at a point where everything's being... It's being it's rebuilt. Rebuilt. It's like, just when, so when you see these things, you, when I look at scripture, I say that like God wasn't like, this is all true. He wasn't lying. So these are the kinds of things we look for. Um, I, I, we were just talking before this about um, Donald Trump making Jerusalem the capital of mm. Israel and, and moving the um, embassy, embassy there, yeah. which is a big deal because every president for the last 40 years said they were going to do it essentially. Yeah. And no one ever did it except for him. I think that happened in May, 2018. But what's really interesting is that many of the um, religious Jews called him Cyrus for doing it. They, they labeled him Cyrus. They even made a coin um, with Cyrus's face on like one side and Trump's on the other. And what's amazing about this is in Daniel chapter nine, which I'm going to read about in a second, it is prophesied by the angel Gabriel that King Cyrus, or that the person that puts a decree to rebuild Jerusalem will be the start of the 70 week prophecy of, you know, the coming of the Lord Jesus. And then the end of days, which is that 70 week prophecy. And so we have Cyrus starting that whole thing. He gives the decree. Nehemiah goes and builds. Nehemiah goes and builds. And then we have 430-something years. And then Jesus comes. And then we have... And all of a sudden now Jerusalem's a nation again. Not Jerusalem. I mean, Israel. uh, Israel's a nation again. Thank you. And a president make, declares Jerusalem the capital, moves the embassy there. And then people there start calling him Cyrus. This none of this is coincidence, and I'm not saying I'm not saying any dates or nothing. I'm just saying we are seeing prophecy. We're seeing the Bible come alive before our eyes, and the Bible is living and active. That's what the Bible calls itself. <laughs> so we're watching it happen, and it's pretty amazing. So another reason I just want to share uh, why it might be good to keep watch is because we we know that we only have so much time, and at some point God will fulfill everything that He has said in Scripture, and He is doing it. Right yeah. in the Bible, uh, and this this is the urgency that we as believers feel to share the gospel because time's short. Time is short, and so there's this there's that tension again. Yeah. Um, but you know, you guys here repent. The end is near. You know, mm-hmm. 
Jesus said that. <laughs> well, and, like and that. people say that that has always been said because it has, but if we look at scripture and what is supposed to take place, we're close, we're closer now than we ever have been before yeah. to everything unfolding. So I don't know. I just think that urgency is really important too to well, consider. And we, we, we talked about this in the beginning that not only is this conversation coming up more and more in, amongst believers, like when the world who doesn't believe in God or love Jesus is talking about these things, I think you can say like, Oh, like they're feeling it too. They feel that <laughs> tension, but without the hope. And so you'll see it come out in, in, in ways of trying ways. to solve the problems, Try, trying to understand. Yeah. What's going on. Um, there's this thing called the doomsday clock. There's a group of scientists that, um, they have this, um, clock that they, they move based off of world events and things that are going on. And they say like, Oh, we're this much closer to catastrophe, catastrophe, like uh, nuclear war or uh, just devastation worldwide. And they keep moving it. And currently we're at a hundred seconds to midnight is what they call it. Um, but these are not, this is not Bible prophecy. This is not people that are saying, Oh, we're, we're this close to the end of the age and Jesus coming. They're saying we're this close to the destruction of the world. Mm. But there's never been a time in history that people have seen the world as something that could be destroyed mm. until now. They actually believe, many people believe, we see it with climate change stuff, we see it with um, population size, we see it with all the way the secular world sees like resources, what's going on. They see it as catastrophic. Mm -hmm. The believer sees it as, yeah, the Lord's returning. <laughs> So the, the urgency is there and in the church and in the world who have no hope. And so it should bring us to an urgency of like, oh, if the Lord's returning, let's, let's get moving. Let's, let's throw off everything that's holding us back, any fears that we might have, and let's tell people yeah. who Jesus is. Let's use our gifts and talents and resources for his kingdom. That's good. Uh, okay, so earlier I mentioned that tension or kavah in our souls waiting for uh, the, 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 that moment in history, in time where the, our Messiah will be united with his bride. Mm. Well, then that's coming. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're hoping for. There was another time in history that, that Kava, that tension, that tension was felt waiting for God to move. And Aaron, I just want you to take a minute to explain that yeah, this, this connection that I'm bringing up is something that I, I learned about. It's not like I came up with it, but this is what's awesome is we can research and we can learn and we can learn from people that are smarter than us often and, and as make, we dig, make ourselves smarter. And as we dig, we find little treasures. That's what yeah, this is. Yeah, Jennifer okay. loves to call them treasures. Okay. But in, in Daniel chapter 9, I'm going to read about um, the, the season Daniel was in, which is very simi similar to the season we're in as believers. So let's read Daniel chapter 9. All right, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Azurus, by descendant of Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the numbers of years that, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So this sounds like all mature and like really put together, but I can imagine Daniel just sitting like in this little room with a ton of books or squirrels or whatever it was, just, you know, mm -hmm. maybe the windows open and there's a breeze and 
or maybe there's a candle on the desk. I don't know, but he's sitting here reading this and then he starts feeling like freaking out. I don't know. Well, he's reading Jeremiah. So if we think about it, Daniel's currently writing Daniel. So as we're reading this, it's been written, but he's writing it. He's in the process, yeah. He's sitting there reading the book of Jeremiah, this the, the prophecies of Jeremiah, and this is what it this is what he's reading from Jeremiah 25. The whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and the nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. So imagine Daniel sitting there like us. We're reading the Bible. We're not writing it, but we're reading it. And we're reading things that have happened and things that are going to happen. And it stirs us. And he's sitting in Babylon as an exile in a land that is not his own with a people that are not his own. With a hope for everything to be restored. With a hope for his to be back in his land mm-hmm. with his God and with his people and with his temple and being able to worship in freedom. Like that's what he's longing for. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what the believer's longing mm-hmm. for? Back in our land with our God, with our people. Mm-hmm. So he, the, he's in a similar situation. And there's idolatry and and persecution. And you just go read Daniel and you'll read about it. The lion's den, uh, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, the, and fiery, the, the fiery furnace. And how long had they been there? Because that matters in, as he's reading this well, number of 70 years. Um, up to this time, he's like at like 68 years in, 67 years in. They're, they're only a few years out of into the 70 years of this exile. So on the margin of his scroll, whatever he's working on, he's adding up the dates. He's like, he's like figuring seven, out seven. the math. <gasps> Cause he's Wait been a here. Minute. He came as a boy. Yeah. He was when Jerusalem was sacked and he was brought to Babylon. He was brought as a boy. You can read all about it in Daniel. Okay. So he's been here most of his life, but he's now he's reading in Jeremiah and he's saying, Wait a minute. These 70 years are almost up. That's how that. So imagine how that feels as the believer. Now, wait a minute, time's almost up. Like, and it's not a fearful thing. He's thinking, yeah, yes. I'm gonna, like this is going to be awesome. So let me keep reading. In the first, uh, let me, I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord God, the Lord my God, and made confession saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us, open shame. As to this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all of Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them because of their treachery and that they have committed against that they have committed against you to us o lord belong open shame to our kings to our princes to our fathers because we have sinned against you so daniel's his response to realizing that these 70 years that god's discipline is being fulfilled in babylon is almost up is a prayer of repentance not for just himself but for his nation because the reason they're there is because of their iniquity, their rebellion. And what's beautiful is we, as believers, we have redemption and salvation already. And so our hope is not in, um, I mean, the Bible even says like our hope of redemption, where we wait for our redemption to draw near. Um, so we have it already. The thing that he's repenting of, like we've repented and we've received 
the salvation and we wait for the salvation. But what a beautiful thing that he sees this and he realizes that God's good and that he's right. And he repents for himself, for his, for his people. And he doesn't go to God first and say, oh, cool, get me out of here, God. He realizes why he's there in the first place. And he runs to his father in heaven and he pray, he asks for forgiveness, which is what we get to do. We get to ask for forgiveness. And it should excite us now because we're like, oh, and now we're so close. And that response is a hopeful expectation that God is going to fulfill what he said. Not only did he bring him there, like he said, but he's also going to restore them, as he said. And what's cool about this, this story, when you think about Daniel and that um, excitement he feels, that we can, we can relate to that now. But think about this. Right after this, so right after Daniel prays this long prayer of repentance, the angel Gabriel comes. God sends the angel Gabriel to go tell Daniel and give him understanding about what's next after, after this time. And so the angel, the angel comes and says this, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit and to anoint a most holy place. So he's like, he tells him, he's like, Hey, after this, there's going to be 70 weeks that leads up to the most amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Finish the transgression to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness. God's telling Daniel through Jer through the angel that he's going to fix all of it. Mm -hmm. And, and who, who's a, the one that's going to atone for iniquity? None other than Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he says this, 70 weeks are decreed. So it says, know therefore and understand, this is in verse 25, that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem. So listen to this. This is a very specific time that the Jews would have had a timeline on because of Daniel himself and because of Nehemiah. So from the time that the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was destroyed and it's in, it's in, in rubble because of the Babylonians. And so we find out many years later, if you read in Nehemiah, that Nehemiah finds out that his city, Jerusalem, is in rubble. And his people, the, the, the remnant that is there living in, you know, a broke down city with no walls. And he weeps about it. And the king, Cyrus, says, why are you weeping? He's a cupbearer. And he's like, well, my city is in my city and my people. They have no walls. They're, they're in, in shambles. And Cyrus gives a decree and money and le letters of passage to Nehemiah to go rebuild the city. Okay. And listen to what it says. It says, to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of the anointed one. So from the time of that decree to the time of the anointed one coming. Jesus. Okay. Well, it's seven weeks and then 62 weeks. So seven weeks is 49 in, in prophecy is, is weeks of years. So that's 49 years. And that's approximately the amount of time that it took Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And then it says 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and with squares and moats, but in a troubled time. And if you read Nehemiah, it says that they would work with one hand with a sword and one hand with a plow because they were 
constantly feeling like they were going to be attacked because there was people coming against them that didn't want him to rebuild the city. And then it says, then after 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. That's talking about Jesus. So 62 weeks, 62 times seven, 434 years, which is approximately the amount of time from the building of that city to the moment Jesus comes on the scene. And so when you hear about in the New Testament, when you hear about the wise men who come, and this is something I learned from a, a guy who was listening about the, the teaching on this, wise men coming, following the star, looking for the coming Messiah, looking for the king that was prophesied about. Who was Daniel in charge of in Babylon? The wise men. He was in charge of all the wise men. Mm. So this teacher I was listening to said, how do you think the, these wise men even knew? about these prophecies because of Daniel because of Daniel Hmm. they had a lineage of knowledge passed down from Daniel and they literally they knew this timeline they're like oh okay the this decree from Nehemiah and Cyrus and then the build oh it was took this long to build and then and then oh they can calculate we're probably in this season that this king is supposed to show up which is why there was so much anxiousness in the people of Israel looking for a king, waiting for the Messiah. When Andrew says, I've seen the Messiah, he would have been confident that he did because it matched the timeline. Mm. So that same excitement that the people of Israel had about the Messiah coming, I believe we can now have because we can look at the things that are happening because Jesus shows us, Paul shows us, we, we see it in scripture we can look at the world and be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Our Lord's coming. And we can be just as excited. And we should have our eyes open for it. I hope that encouraged some people. <laughs> um, it, it encouraged me a lot. And uh, I wish I knew the, the YouTube link to the guy that talked about this. But it, essentially, he, what I shared is what he was sharing is this idea of like, it makes so much sense. Like, it, it's not ambiguous. What I love about Daniel's response after, you know, figuring out this, this season that he's in and how things are going to be changing was a heart of repentance. You know, it wasn't just excitement and hope for what's to come, but there, there was an honest evaluation of what have we done? Mm-hmm. And in Daniel's and heart you, yeah. and Daniel's posture was to go before the Lord and say, whoa, and lay it all out before him and repent. And so I just want to encourage all of us listening today that, Aaron, if it's true that we're living in the last days, if there is that tension that we start feeling and that hope for Jesus coming back, especially soon, and that urgency we talked about, not only should we be sharing the gospel, but our heart should be one of repentance and self-evaluation of what am I doing? Mm -hmm. What choices am I making? Am I prepared for him to return? Yeah. Because it literally could happen at any moment. And the Bible tells us, it Mm -hmm. warns us that that could be, and that's how it's going to be. And so we need to be reconciled with God while we're here. And praise God, we can do that in Jesus Christ. That when we believe on him, we can repent and we can know that we're forgiven. Mm -hmm. And that he loves us and that he came to die for us and not to just die, but to raise again so that we can have new life Mm -hmm. and that these mortal bodies can be given life and can be renewed and transformed. 
and that our minds can be renewed mm-hmm. and that we can know him mm-hmm. and be, truly know him and be known by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titus 2, 11 through 14 says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness mm. and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This is what we are looking forward to. We are not looking forward to um, wrath. We are looking forward to our blessed hope. We are not looking forward to judgment. We are looking forward to our blessed hope. First Thessalonians 5, 8 through 11 says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another one another up, just as you are doing. Mm-hmm. So again, we're, we are not destined for wrath. So no matter what version of the end times order we believe in, mm-hmm. this right here says we're not destined for wrath. Okay, we may, we might... Uh, experience persecution. We might, we're going to experience tribulation. That's what the Bible tells us. That's guaranteed for the believer. He says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Mm -hmm. But we're not destined for God's wrath. We're looking forward to our blessed hope. We're looking forward to the wedding feast. Yeah, we're looking (laughs) forward to to celebrating with our Lord in heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I will not drink this cup again until I drink it afresh, anew with you Mm -hmm. in my kingdom. We're looking forward to drinking that cup with Jesus mm-hmm. anew. And I love that in this in First Thessalonians, it brings up two of the um, parts of the armor of God. It doesn't bring the whole thing in. It brings in these two specifically. It says, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, okay, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. These are the two main things that we use when it comes to defeating the anxieties and fears of what's to come. The heart and the mind. Well, it's our salvation and our faith. I know, but <laughs> if you see those those two yeah, pieces of equipment mind. protect your heart and your mind, and your heart is what you believe, and your mind is what you how know you think yeah, and, and how you, you know. think. So and we talked about believing good. last episode. Yeah. And uh, people have actually really loved that cool. <laughs> that episode. But this is those are the two things that we need to, to focus on that we have a hope of salvation. I love that. That our redemption draws near. And that's what we get to look forward to, regardless if it's 10 years, 10 minutes, 10,000 years. It doesn't matter. We, we, we hope for our salvation. It, it is coming and it, and it comes swiftly. Um, something else that I wanted to share with you guys, when I read that, that verse um, just a bit ago in Titus, um, at the end of 14, it says, To purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And that made me think um, that that we need to be encouraged as believers mm-hmm. yeah. not to grow weary of doing good. And the other verse that pops into my mind is Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Don't give up. And the reason that I bring this up is because scripture does talk about, um, you know, the, the increase and intensity 
increase of, of you know, labor pains mm-hmm. in, in relation to the end times. And so you'll see an increase in earthquakes, famines, wars, and rumors of wars. Just go look up how many volcanoes it's have nuts. erupted over the last two years it's alone. A, it's a lot, guys. and <laughs> It's crazy. Really... All kinds of natural disasters and and wars and, and suffering, biblical and plagues, literal biblical plagues mm-hmm. <laughs> around the world. Yeah, like locusts and stuff. Um, but sometimes we can get overwhelmed by the news of how much is happening, and it's only going to intensify as we grow closer to the the last days. And I wanted to make sure that we wanted to make sure that we encouraged you guys today that we don't allow the increase of what's happening in the world and the the suffering and the the hardships and the natural disasters and everything that's going on to overwhelm you because we need to be people of prayer we need to um, allow god to use our resources in any way mm-hmm. that we can help and provide for others why because these are opportunities to remind people of who god is and that he's coming back and so as these, these, you'll see it all the time when people are talking about end times things, um, that these labor pains are going to intensify, like just like a woman, you know, about to ha- give going birth. to transition it gets way intense it's until it's get, like nonstop. <laughs> so, so it's going to get more and more intense. We're going to hear about more things in the news or even in our, our loved ones lives. And we just need to be reminded of who we are in this world. I think about that scripture. I can't remember where it's at, but it says, uh, "Do not become, do, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good." Mm. Like that's our, that's what we do. Yeah. Like let's overcome that evil with good, and we just keep doing it. Yeah, don't for give his up. His glory. So the question uh, again, if we truly are living in the last days, which I believe we are, um, we're, we're we're seeing it happen unfold. It's amazing. I think. Uh, how how do we, how should we be feeling and thinking? We kind of already talked about that. Don't go growing good, doing good, but I think what comes to my this mind. This goes back to the specifically that tension, like yeah, like going home, but we're here. Yeah, like what do we do? Um, I think what comes to my mind is, and I'm not going to read it, but I think people know what I'm talking about is the ten virgins in Matthew when it talks mm-hmm. about five whose lamps are full of oil, waiting for the bridegroom. And he comes in the middle of the night and then there's five who have lamps, but no oil. And they're like, no, wait, I, can I have some of yours? And they're like, no, we got to go. Go buy it. it. And so they leave to go buy it and come back. And to me, this sets up a picture of believers and there's believers in Jesus who are going to be prepared and ready for his coming. And then there's going to be people who had received the knowledge of who Jesus Christ was, what he did, but never believed that he is Lord and Savior. Yeah, I, I think it just reminds us that we need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Let's not be the unwise uh, w- women. Let's be the wise ones. Mm-hmm. Let's keep our lamps full. Let's, let's walk in the spirit of God that he's given us. Um, and the, the other thing is, is, as believers, it could... I think there could be a false idea that, oh, if the Lord's coming, like I'm not even gonna like do anything, like I'm just gonna sit here and wait, and bask and like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm just waiting. I don't think that's wise. <laughs> no, Jesus even warns like that. We want to be the wise servants who are Invest. found that are found, yeah, either investing what wisely, our time, our efforts, our resources, our money, um, into His kingdom, 
um, or found uh, serving wisely, mm-hmm. not being lazy mm-hmm. or beating the other servants, <laughs> the Bible says. Something that we think about as parents to this note of what you're talking about, Aaron, is uh, encouraging our family as a whole of what scripture says mm-hmm. and that we're waiting for our blessed hope and, and can't wait to live in eternity with God. And yet while we're here sharing the gospel and le- leaving a legacy, building um, building our family in a way that, gosh, we hope that generations that are here long after we're mm-hmm. gone, if, if we're not living in the last days and, you know, yeah. we leave that, they know God. Yeah. Does that make sense? Passing down an inheritance of like spirituality, an yeah. inheritance of uh, the gospel, Truth. an inheritance of uh, um, also business, like th- that we build for the future, God willing, mm-hmm. regardless if we have a future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that, that's what we're to do. We're supposed to be working hardly as unto the Lord. We're supposed to be investing wisely. We're to be using our time and mm-hmm. not being wasteful mm-hmm. in our life. And not just giving up. We're to keep right. moving. Like yeah. we, we're working for the Lord, and waiting for Him. We're being wise servants. That's what we want to be. Mm-hmm. Is uh, wise while we're here. Uh, what's the phrase? Is like um, living like there's no tomorrow, but planning like that like you'll be here for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Like that we that we just keep we keep chugging along in our in our walks in this world. We don't just quit our jobs. We don't just no. We we be a light at our job. Mm-hmm. We. Uh, we, we, if we have a business, we use our business to glorify God. And we don't, we, we do both. That's that mm-hmm. tension. Mm-hmm. I want to be at home with the Lord, but currently I live here. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- what's interesting, it just on this note, when the people of Israel were being taken into Babylon, God tells them, he says, build homes, plant vineyards, have children, have children yeah. so that you will not diminish. Mm. He tells him, he's like, you're going to be in, you're being disciplined. You're being punished. You're going to be in exile for years, but don't stop being my people. Mm. Don't diminish. Build lives, be my people there. And that's what he's asked us to do. Build homes, plant vineyards, have children that we might not be diminished, that we can grow his kingdom within our homes and also within our neighborhoods and within our jobs. And so I think it's just good to be reminded as believers that it's okay to have that tension. Awesome. Well, one last encouragement to remind us all of a purpose we share in God's kingdom. Uh, something that I was thinking about just in light of trying to answer this question. Are in we the living days in of Noah? <laughs> are we living in the last days? Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Noah. Noah was commissioned to do the work of the Lord. And it was urgent, even though it took him a long time and he probably didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. He didn't have time to spare. He had to get out there and build this incredibly massive, huge ark. We've seen him. It's gigantic. (laughs) Okay. Um, Noah didn't know when this thing was going to happen, but he did know confidently that he had a job to do. And that it was going to happen. He knew that it was going to happen and he trusted God Mm -hmm. throughout the process. Well, we have been commissioned by God, by Jesus. And the beauty of knowing Jesus is coming back at any time makes that commission urgent. urgent. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? 
We share the gospel. We we share the gospel. We build His kingdom. We talk about this in marriage after God, Aaron. We Mm -hmm. we we use what we have to build His kingdom and to remind people, remind believers that this is all going to happen. It's going to be fulfilled, Mm -hmm. and to let others who may not be believers yet that this is truth, in hopes that they come to that saving knowledge and belief mm-hmm. of who Jesus is and what he did for us. Yeah, we, we encourage one another with these words that the Bible has given us. Yeah. And Noah's Ark wasn't capable of saving the whole world. That's right? true. But Jesus, his work on the cross is. Mm. So his Ark, or he is the Ark to save us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's capable, but we must enter in. We must believe in him. And so Noah had that ark that saved his family and some animals, but we have the ark that's capable of saving everyone. And that's Mm -hmm. God's desire. And so our job is to show them the ark. Hey, this thing, this is our, this is our ticket out of wrath. This is our salvation. His name's Jesus. He died for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. Hmm. So, we love you guys, and uh, that's our our synopsis <laughs> on current events. Now go test everything we just said up to scripture, and then talk about it with your spouse. Yeah, <laughs> make sure and be know. excited. Be excited, guys. Yeah, I hope you got that. Um, so why don't we share what we're grateful for? Because that's been our oh, yeah. our thing this whole season. This whole season, it's been fun. Yeah, and then um, everyone here could be thinking about what they're grateful for. And share that with someone. All right. Start with you. All right. No, start with me. I know. I'm, I'm I, it go. says mine I, first. I don't, okay. um, I'm grateful for my son, Elliot. Uh, it's crazy to think that he's eight years old. Mm. It's been a long time. Forget the age. I can't stand looking over into the kitchen and he's uh, like I know. He's so tall. He's so kids. tall and he's like, yeah, he's just a, yeah, he, getting older. He's He loves God and Man, God has used him so many times to encourage us and to convict us at times. Not that he's doing it rude. Like he just says, hey, I think you guys should pray. And we're like, oh, you're right. We should pray. Like he's just his heart for the Lord and his heart for us and um, seeing him grow and connecting with us and just maturing as a man. And he's just, he's been, he's really blessed me. He's so creative. Yeah. That's something that I really. So I'm really grateful for my son, Elliot. That's good. Well, I was going to say I'm grateful for opinions. I truly do love hearing other people's opinions, whether it's on marriage or end times prophecy or anything, how to build homeschool curriculum. Um, I I don't agree with all of it, just like everyone could probably say that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't agree with everyone, but I do love gaining insight into the perspectives of others. Um, I value people sharing their opinions, um, and I appreciate it most when it's done respectfully. You know, you know what I mean? That's like usually good. Yeah. Someone not just cramming their opinions. I've gotten better at that, okay? No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> but I have gotten That's better. That's funny. At it. <laughs> uh I I just really value people's opinions. And I think it's a I think it's a good thing that we have opinions. Mm-hmm. But but we need to share them. Shows that we're all unique in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, uh we love you guys and we, we usually uh, end in prayer, so I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, thank you for sharing your word with us. We feel like it's an incredible time to be alive. Just like Daniel must have thought when he realized their time in Babylon was coming to an end, 
or what the shepherds must have felt on their way to meet baby Jesus. Whether we have moments, years, or decades left in this world, we pray you would continue to equip us to endure and live righteously. We pray we would be people full of your wisdom. We pray we would boldly share your truth with others. Please help us to navigate your word and your prophecy as couples. We ask for more wisdom as we learn about what is to come or see it unfold before our eyes. Lord, we pray for patience as you are patient. We know you have a purpose and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all. Please consider leaving us a review. Also, go check out that uh, that documentary. It's marriageaftergod.com forward slash BTW. And that'll forward you to uh, the video for you guys to rent. Um, we love you. We pray that this blessed you. And we'll see you next week. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.